It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this, our San Diego Comic-Con breakdown episode uh, from the Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Group cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. I know. We were uh, we were playing this week by ear, as we mentioned last week, in that we were either going to be covering San Diego Comic-Con, as we do every year uh, around this time, uh, or jumping into Doom Patrol episodes one through four, but it seems like there was more than enough news coming out of San Diego this year, which I think kind of surprised us both, the amount of info that came out this year. Yeah, um, I mean, you and I both expected we were going to see a lot on the TV side, and, you know, exactly as we predicted, tons of information on the TV side. In addition to that, though, too... um, You know, we got more DC Universe stuff as we expected. And there was only kind of one surprise in that one. Um, But I think for the the most part, uh, it was everything we anticipated and expected to come out of SDCC. Um, You know, we did get some big crisis news. Uh, We do know the Batwoman um, pilot did premiere. Uh, We can actually talk about that because we really don't have a lot of information on Batwoman. Like, not a ton came out. Uh, There was actually, I think, a a couple of snafus for them uh, with how they are planning. They are still shooting and they were not like the rest of the shows that shoot in Vancouver. Batwoman shoots in Vancouver, but it also shoots in Chicago. Uh, and from what I understand, they are still in Chicago filming. And that's why Ruby Rose ended up backing out. Uh, I know a lot of Which people is like such oh. a shame. Yeah. And she was saying she was incredibly devastated because she said she's never got to be at, comic-con ever before and that was something she was really looking forward to and they kept trying to find ways to work around it but um unfortunately they said there was it was impossible based on their shooting schedule i know a lot of people we even had unfortunately a couple comments uh, saying oh you know it's because of the pilot the way that people kind of perceived it is why uh she's she's running scared and i'm like no it's not the case guys if that's your viewpoint on it then you really shouldn't be following us because yeah, you guys and, and know not- we're very positive about um, how how filming and everything like that works. So. And not only that, but if you've been following along with the whole Batwoman story and Ruby Rays, Ruby Rose portraying the character, you know, if, if you know anything about Ruby Rose, running scared are two words that are not in her repertoire. No. <laughs> like, she does not do that. Like she if, she's if, a she's, she confronts problems and, yes. in a positive way, but she's she's a person that's a big activist and doesn't really take getting pushed around. So no, I she mean, stands up to the criticism. So oh yeah, absolutely. Running scared is nothing you're ever going to see her do. Mm-hmm. So get the get that idea out of your mind right now. Yeah, um, you know what? Actually, how about this? Before we actually get into the other stuff and and, and talk, I know there's a couple of things we want to talk about San Diego Comic Con. 
Uh, but I want to get something about Batwoman out of the way because I don't want it to get glossed over because while there wasn't a lot of news about it, there was a couple cool things. And they're the I don't know if you've read any reviews of the pilot so far. Um, I have not. I've read two. Um, okay. And I've heard pretty much, you know, the show ultimately has amazing bones. I heard like as far as the structure for what the show is is and can be is really fantastic. So that's a big positive right out of the bat. I heard the problems, though, is the problems that most pilots have. Like, I heard that Ruby Rose kicked ass. The action sequences were great, and not in the same kind of way that Arrow was. They said it was more brutal, kind of think like traditional Batman fighting versus like these big choreography pieces that we see in Arrow. This is just kind of like it's meant to be vicious, brutal, quick, and it, it just mo- but it moves at a great pace. Uh, I heard Black Alice. Some people really didn't like her a lot. Then a lot of people said she was phenomenal. So uh, that that I have a feeling is going to be a take it or leave it for people. Um, I love the character and the what I've read about it. It sounds like they're portraying the character almost you know beat for beat for the comic. So I can understand because I know a lot of people don't like the character in the comic. So I think they probably did it perfectly fine, and which is cool. And I can never remember the actress's name, but that actress actually played Black Canary in Birds of Prey. So, which is kind of funny that she's coming into this mix. <laughs> yeah. So, pretty kind of uh, kind of neat. So, still ties to the Batman family. Um, but <coughs> I heard me. pretty much the biggest issue was the flashbacks. They do a lot of flashback stuff to show Kate's backstory, and I heard those don't really have any style to them. Uh, they're slow and they drag. But I heard once they're in the present day stuff, really fun, really excellent. But unfortunately, this is one of the biggest problems is the CW formula. Kind of like the Marvel formula for the Marvel films uh, is kind of showing. They said, hey, look, it's another awkward, quirky tech guy in Luke Fox, which they said it just feels like a rehash of a Cisco or a Felicity. And they're like, you need to get past this. But I heard beyond that, though, I heard everything's great. And they said one of the other things that was really kind of amazing and special about this was the fact that um, because chunks of it are filmed in Chicago, which is where Nolan shot dark Knight. they said this gotham feels like a gotham we already know and makes it feel that much more believable but one of the other things that i heard was really beautiful is there's a lot of homages to the nolan films all over this in the way like even though certain shots almost shot for shot but substituting batwoman in instead of batman so it sounds like if you're a true big fan of that it has that feeling of arrow season one which kind of excites me a ton because that was something that really captured my imagination but i hope they can do something that's um, that deviates from feeling like a rehash of Arrow. So yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, and it's you know, I, I don't want it to be as in like Arrow's ending. So Batwoman is going to take you know take over where Arrow left off in the way like the feel and the dark and grittiness and everything. I mean, don't get me wrong, Batwoman is a dark and gritty character as is Batman. So it's going to have that feel no matter what. But I think you know with these with these reviews that are coming out, I haven't read any of them, so I'm glad you got the opportunity to talk about them. It, Batwoman is going to be one of those thing is going to be one of those series that, and this is what I'm going to recommend to all of the listeners. It's going to be one of those ones. Don't go by reviews. I mean, we no, say the no, same no, no, thing no. about movies that we go and see too that we may love that they may not. It's don't go by the reviews that are out there. The whole like, oh, she's running scared, you know, bullshit and all that. Don't go by the reviews that are out there. When this show debuts, watch it. Just yeah. watch it to form your own opinion. If after three, and this is yeah, something I say. Three. Rule, rule yeah, of three. Ex- exactly. The rule of three. I give any new show three episodes. If after three episodes, you're not interested in it, then 
then drop it. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. But give Batwoman at least three episodes when it debuts. Yeah, and one of the things too is it's we've got a couple months before shows start to air. Um, if there are heavy criticisms about a pilot, it's not uncommon for pilots to go back and be like, well, we need to adjust this or fix this before this goes to air. You know, it's it's not uncommon for them to do pickups to kind of make sure everything flows the way it needs to flow. Or maybe, hey, we the scene needs to be reshot because it just doesn't it didn't play right. Um, but again, too, you gotta remember the pilots for the all the other Arrowverse shows, while they were they were fun, they all had problems. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. If you yeah. go back and watch them, I mean like you know, whether it's visual effect looks, um, you know, ways that characters portray portray themselves that ultimately evolve over time, any of those things. So it's curious. I'm very curious to see how it's going to play. But what got me really excited was a really small news story that went very under the radar. Um, is we have a major Batman villain that's going to be a part of this, uh, and we're going to get their origin story throughout the season, which is Thomas Elliot, uh, which is Hush, which is uh, incredibly unexpected and really exciting. So, uh, especially I'm, I'm, considering the animated yeah. movie lit- is coming out, I think in a matter of an, of a couple of weeks is going to be hitting. Yeah, uh, like Blu-ray. So I think we're going to try to squeeze that review in next week with our first couple episodes. Of I think Doom so, Patrol. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll be reviewing that next week. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm really pumped to see what this is going to be. Um, but uh, I think IGN, if, you, if you're curious about the score, I think they gave it a 6.8, which is not bad. Um, and, you know, IGN has reviewed some of our favorite episodes dramatically lower than we will. So uh, we use the Guggenheim curve. We'll add two points. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, so. Uh, I think a good example, too, of going into what you were talking about with, you know, how pilots are re- restructured and such after they aired uh, or, you know, after they're they're created is a, a prime example of that is the TV show Friends. Friends ran for 10 seasons, was one of the highest rated sitcoms ever. There are actors, if you go back to the original pilot of Friends, which you can find on Netflix or whatever, or soon to be HBO uh, Max or whatever Max, it is. Yeah. Um, if you go back and watch the pilot of that episode, with the exception of the six main characters, there are a couple actors in that pilot, episode one, that were recast for episode two. So even shows that are hugely popular go through these restructures when it comes to pilots. So you can't take everything you're going to see with that pilot as what it's going to be. There yeah, may I mean, be restructures, as you mentioned, yeah, that I mean, we it's, haven't it's, seen yet. It's very, very normal. I mean, like I said, you'll you'll see a big tonal shift in some uh, some pieces, and but ultimately, too, the characters are finding themselves. The actors are finding their characters, um, and I mean, you, one of the best prime examples I can always give is watch the pilot or the first season of The Simpsons. <laughs> you know, oh my god, and, and then compare it to what it became like three, two or three seasons later. It's dramatically different. Like those characters were portrayed completely different because again, actors find themselves who they're going to be, how they're going to play it. Um, so yeah, I mean. You, Again, I, I think it's. I think there's nothing really to worry about. No. Uh, but again, incredibly excited. But you know, beyond that though, too, um, let's go away from DC. What was your favorite thing from Comic Con? Well, I, before we do that, I just want to make quick mention. We're going to talk a lot about the the CW shows. We're going to talk oh, about yeah. DC Universe and such. Uh, and obviously, we're going to end everything with uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. But there is one news story that we're not going to be talking about because at our time of our recording, it has not happened yet. Uh, and that is the world premiere of Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans happens on right. Sunday. We're so we'll recording Sunday in, morning. We'll squeeze that in um, next week uh, and to start the show and just we'll, we'll cover that a little bit. Yeah, so. but I can't wait to hear what the 
Oh God, I can't wait to hear what the advanced word is on that movie. Yeah, that. In, in addition to that, though, too, I can't wait to hear the release date. Um, I, I really yeah. hope it's a lot sooner than we expect. Yeah, but I mean, me if it's too. done, I, I would imagine it's right around the corner. So. Me, yeah. Uh, so I mean, outside of outside of the world of DC, there was obviously you know a lot of stuff that came out of Marvel and and such. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, there were two things that that were mentioned at Comic Con this weekend. <clears throat> just from you know between Thursday and Saturday, obviously, because it's still Sunday, so we're not hearing anything yet uh, that's coming out of Sunday. And I think the only things really coming out of Sunday today are uh, Supernatural, Riverdale, and Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. So, yeah, I don't expect a lot to come out of today. Uh, but uh, the two things that I got, I was really excited about. Uh, the first uh, was the news that. I've made no bones about it. It's been my recommendation a couple times. Uh, one of my favorite shows on television, The Orville, is moving from Fox to Hulu. And some people might see this as a negative. But oh, no, that, this is giving them free reign to, to oh, be able to do more. And, you know? and that's what I love. I mean, the main reason why Seth decided to make this move, and he said it during the panel, was because Fox, you know, he wants to make the show as the, as good as it can be, which means that new episodes might not be ready to put out until late 2020. Fox can't. That's that kind of doesn't work with Fox's airing schedule. He'd have to put a rush on production, which is going to lower the quality. So moving from Fox to Disney, which in some ways is kind of a lateral move because Disney bought Fox and Disney owns Hulu. So he's still technically part of the Fox family now. It's just a new platform. So, uh, you know, moving now gives him the the ability and the freedom to keep the top notch production that that show has. And it's not it wasn't mentioned during the panel, but there's already been some rumblings, rumblings that because of this move, there's already talks of an early season four renewal, uh, which is fantastic. So I'm very excited now that it's, it's going to be moving to Hulu. Maybe that means I can binge it rather than watch it episodically. Either way, doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing though that came out of Comic Con this week that blew my mind, and I cannot wait, is <laughs> is we got the trailer for Picard. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, dude, it looks amazing. And well, there's two familiar faces. Yes, yeah, uh, seven from of it. nine. Seven of nine's coming back, and uh, uh, Data's coming back, right? Yeah, Jerry Ryan and Brett Spiner are both returning to the series. That's uh, pretty cool. So it, it looks it looks fantastic, and we know the uh, Borg are going to play a role too. Yes, I think. I'm I'm more excited for Picard by that trailer than I am to continue with Star Trek Discovery after two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I love next gen. So, uh, but I was never a big Star Trek person. You know, um, you know, for me, Star Trek was a watching the old movies a handful of times. Uh, the next gen and next gen and next gen films, and then beyond that, I really kind of disappeared from any of it until, um, you know, the Kelvin the, timeline. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the new timeline, but that was it. You know, that was that was for me. That you know, next gen were my characters, and I just never found the same connection to the other casts. I know there's a lot of other great ones out there. Absolutely. Um, but next gen was kind of like the height. It felt like, well, I just like the fact too, that Jerry Ryan <clears throat> returning as seven of nine, isn't even a next gen character. It's a voice. Right. She's, she's never, never been a, any been part with Picard. So it's going to be great to watch that, especially as her as a, you know, with, with her connection to the Borg and him dealing with that. I think it'll be really unique. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how that'll play. What about um, you? What's some stuff that came out of Comic Con that kind of got yeah, you? I, 
I had a couple that really does I, I were awesome. I, I gotta say, I'm gonna start off with the low, the lower one, uh, but it was still kind of like I think I need to see this, which is the trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> and, and you know what? It, it was like this is gonna be cheesy, but there was something about it that just felt fun. Like I know it's a lot of familiar beats. Like as soon as you hear the music kind of kick in and all that stuff, but. Um, they definitely played into the nostalgia factor, but it seemed like it was going to be interesting. And I think watching Ed Harris and Tom Cruise is just going to be really it's kind of fascinating to watch. And there's um, another character returning to that series, too, that made me realize something else that came out of Comic-Con. But I'm sure you're going to mention it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so I'll just um, let, let, let keep going. Uh, my next one um, is, uh, you know, oddly enough, it was. It was such a low, quick moment that, like the the actor wasn't there, but it was the he was name dropped. Terminator Dark Fate is just sounding cooler and cooler and cooler, and I love what the idea is for for the T eight hundred that Arnold plays. Uh, and it's not some new T eight hundred; it's not some one plucked out of the T two timeline that like he was saved at some point. It is the T eight hundred that tried to kill Sarah Connor from Terminator One. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, and it's it's they're like they're like all will be explained, but they said he we just saw the hydraulic press come down, but that body had to go somewhere. So I'm well, excited about body, that. I thought the body went into Cyberdyne Labs in T2. Uh, That's well, where they got they, the arm and the chip from. Arm and the chip, but where did the rest of the body go? <laughs> so. Um, oh, that's interesting. So apparently, yeah, he has been living in the woods under the the name of Carl. So, <laughs> so I'm excited to see how it works. But you know, Linda Hamilton said, "Yeah, it's really fun because it's not the relationship she has with the T800 from from two. This is the one that she's like, once it's done, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Sorry for my language, but that's <laughs> that's Linda Hamilton's words on panel. Um, and it was, I'm like, that's awesome. But even better, Edward Furlow is coming back to play John Connor for long, or for long, for long. Yeah." Um, but I'm like, that's, there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, it just sounds cool, but I think the other one, and it's one that you probably share though, too, which the big one was Jay and Silent Bob reboot. (laughs) Yes. It looks so absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, just, this bad shit insane. I mean, it's, it's so crazy, but the fact that he said, he's like, I have three people that have played Batman in this movie. And one of them we know is Val Kilmer, uh, obviously, because we see him play blunt man. Uh, which is just amazing. Yep. <laughs> uh, Melissa Benoist playing Chronic. And the moment that I saw that, I was just like, oh my God, I get it. I totally get it. And I'm like, he's Dark Knight returning his, uh, you know, his characters. It's a grizzled old blunt man yep. and a female coming into playing the role of an established previous character. I'm like, that's amazing. That's just absolutely amazing. So it's that's just awesome. I think some people, eagle-eyed people, said they spotted Grant Gustin in the I trailer. I did. I I had to rewatch the trailer to see him. I missed it. I did not see him, so he, I got to. He I is try to almost catch him. unrecognizable. Um, there is a moment where you see Kevin Smith in what looks like an Iron Man outfit. Yeah, yeah. And and what I love about this too is it looks like he actually incorporated what was supposed to be the original idea of the Mallrat sequel which was supposed to be like terrorists taking over a Comic-Con. And it looks like he's kind of adapted that into this Jay and Bob reboot. So um, there's a scene like right after you see that scene and then you see Aflac saying the bong. There's a, there's a, a very quick scene of a person 
showing a fist between two ma- to a uh, guy's leg, making like an orgasming sound. He's got like very shaggy long hair oh, and a goatee. Yeah, yeah. That's Grant Gustin. <laughs> That's awesome. He's almost unrecognizable. But yeah, you also like you you brought up Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck obviously being one of the other Batman. But apparently, like I said, you know, it was they came out earlier this week. I think it was like on Wednesday that Wednesday or th- it was Thursday because it was yeah we got this random slew because the con uh, the trailer was supposed to come out until Comic Con on Saturday, uh, but we found out that Ben and him have been talking again and kind of patched things up, became friends again, and then all of a sudden the, the trailer drops and you see Ben Ben is there. Now he is um, he's reprising his role as Holden McNeil from Chasing Amy. Yes, he is. He is. But it was really really awesome to see to see him in there. Uh and it it was kind of really like this heartwarming thing. I got to read I don't know if you saw the article but I did. they actually talk about like how how things got patched up. Um and it was just it was the I think it was a um it was a I think it was a Shakespeare quote that he he texted Ben and uh it was just uh, Ben kind of be like, I love after all this time, you basically refer to yourself as a king. And then it's like, I missed you too, buddy. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and I love, um, like, there's so many great moments. I mean, we see, like, cameos from Chris Hemsworth is in there. Uh, you know, uh, um, Jason Biggs and, um, oh, my God, with uh, Dawson. Um, yeah. <laughs> The Dawson. <laughs> the Dawson. But I love like Jason. James Biggs, Vanderbeek. Yeah. James Vanderbeek. You know, like who directed this movie? Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. Like he, the, he pokes fun at himself. And yeah, I, it, it, I after I watched that trailer, I was so excited to see that trailer that I actually went back and rewatched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And which is just a great movie, too. So I'm very excited for what's going to come from that. Yeah. It, it's 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 gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, but it, it it looks so ridiculous, and it's just a. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing just basically a long dick and fart joke movie because <laughs> it's been a while. It. That's pretty much exactly like there was no way it you could have released anything but a red band trailer for that movie. Yeah, and I'm excited. I'm the only the biggest thing I'm bummed about is they're doing uh the reboot Roadshow, and it's coming to Philly. And it's, it's already sold out. Well, I was gonna say it didn't matter anyway because that's our extra life day. <laughs> so, oh crap, that's right. Yep, um, so. dude, it's it's so funny because I actually wanted to bring that up, and you, I'm glad you did. I've already looked at some of the dates. It's been at at the point that we're recording right now. It's been two and a half days since he released that trailer, and a majority of the 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 stops along the way on the reboot roadshow are already sold out, and I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not talking just basic ticket sales. He also has a $750 VIP and a $250 VIP. Um, $750 gets you one-on-one time with uh, Kevin and Muse and gets you pictures, meet and greets, VIP, you know, all that stuff. And the $250 just gets you the photo op and and everything else and special seating. Um, And when I say that a majority of this is sold out, I mean VIPs and all. Philly is sold out. Ohio is sold out. Like two shows in Ohio are sold out. There are at least 10 stops on that road show in two and a half days that are already sold out. That's crazy. That shows awesome. you how many people have been waiting for this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. But Absolutely. you know what? Um, it's, it's only fitting that we talk about a mock Comic-Con and get back to actual Comic-Con stuff <laughs> with DC. So yeah. how do you like that segue, guys? <laughs> that worked out perfectly. <laughs> um, so I figured you and I talked a little bit about how we're going to kind of run through this. So we're going to break this up in a little weird 
kind of ways. So we're going to talk about animated stuff first, and then we'll kind of roll into DC Universe. Then we're going to talk about, as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, I think we're going to go Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and then we're going to wrap up the show with Crisis. So, yeah, because, so, I mean, and, and yeah. I know we're not we're, we're not really talking about Legends at all that much, but I don't think there was anything that came out of Legends. There's one piece. Year. There's one piece, and I'll make sure I'll, I'll start that in right after we get through the DC Universe okay. stuff. It's all a right. small little small little piece that we found out, so... Uh, but all right, let's get things kicked off here. So talking about animated movies, uh, like I said, you know, DC did announce three brand new animated feature films uh, that are going to be coming out. Um, you know, and the first one is going to be a sequel to uh, the 2017 Justice League Dark, uh, which if you go through our archives and subscribe, you can go back and listen to our review of that. Uh, but that is going to be called, I think it is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And it's going to be a team of John Constantine um, and still, again, of course, Matt Ryan voicing that character. Zatanna, Swamp Thing, uh, Dead Man, Etrigan, and Black Orchid. Um, And it's also, you know, like I said, it's going to be seeing some more of the darker heroes uh, kind of continue into this animated offering. Which is really nice, though, is we're finally seeing uh, a a no more role for Batman in this mix. So it's going to be nice to see... um, you know, the dark team kind of functioning without having to, to follow, um, you know, that other piece. But, you know, like I said, I would highly recommend definitely maybe checking out Justice League, uh, Justice League Dark, you know, again, because there's uh, Dr. Destiny as part of that. And most likely he's going to be playing some form of role for us when it gets to crisis. So uh, if you're wanting a little quick primer on him, des- definitely go back, check out Justice League Dark uh, from 2017 uh, in just preparation uh, for both you know, Apocalypse War and for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, next up, they announced that we are going to get an animated adaptation of Superman Red Sun, which is really, really exciting. So I'm yes. looking forward to seeing when that's going to drop. But like I said, we're going to be seeing that. Uh, I believe they said in 2020. So uh, is is the tentative time here. Um, you know, like I said, it's the story of basically if, you know, Superman's rocket landed in USSR and I think in the 1950s. So uh, really looking forward to seeing what they get a chance to do with that and kind of play with that angle of the Cold War. So, and any, and anybody who watched Supergirl this season, we kind of got a little bit of a taste of the whole red red son red daughter thing, anyway. Right, so, right, right. You know, and uh, the last one that they announced was we're going to see a brand new Superman film. The first original Superman film is part of this this universe, which is going to be called Superman: Man of Tomorrow. Uh, so we know it's an original story, uh, but it's going to be, I think it's an origin, it's kind of like an original story, but it's featuring a very young Clark Kent, very early on his career as Superman. So uh, we don't know much yet, uh, but again, it sounds like that is also planned for 2020. So we'll see that. Uh, okay. So I think Superman Red Sun is the first movie for the new year, followed by Justice League Dark. Man of Tomorrow will be the last. So. I'm actually a little disappointed that we didn't get an announcement of a continuation of the story that we've already gotten. You know, with Death of Superman and and such, because uh, I'd like to see that story continue. Well, I think that's planned for um, in uh, I think Justice League Dark takes place post that. Um, but okay. I think we're going to see um, more of that kind of happening in 2021 with the continuation of that that arc. But there is some rumblings we're going to see a shakeup because everything's still kind of based on New 52. I think there's t- some talk that they're going to start adapting some things to move towards Rebirth. So I'm um, okay. curious on how that's going to play. Okay. Um, so uh, aside from that, uh, we got some more additional uh, stuff from the uh, you know animated universes, and that being uh, a really exciting announcement because the 20th anniversary is currently happening for Batman Beyond, 
and they are officially going to be doing a full HD remaster of Batman Beyond, so that'll be coming to Blu-ray. I believe it's also going to be coming to DC Universe, which is really cool. Um, we haven't heard anything yet about HBO uh, Max yet for that going to be appearing as well. Uh, but like I said, it sounds like it will definitely be a, you know, ending up on DC Universe. Which You're is cool. welcome, Shad. Mm-hmm. And Shad, <laughs> just for you, there's another side story that was pretty cool. Uh, so Bruce Tim, when they were talking about Batman Beyond, he did give a little bit of information, which was kind of awesome. So originally there was a planned follow-up to the Return of the Joker movie. Uh, that never happened, and we did see that shift and change, but it was going to be focusing on seeing Catwoman for the first time in the Batman Beyond universe, and we would have found out during that that she was the person that was responsible for cloning Terry McGinnis, not Maria Beaumont from uh, Mask of the Phantasm, so we would have seen that play out and her being the villain uh, in a sequel um, that ultimately was scrapped, and then we kind of got that, you know... um, you know, a kind of end sequence in the, uh, the, I think it was the justice league unlimited, um, episode where we kind of got the bookend on all of those pieces. So something kind of interesting and neat. So I, uh, um, yeah. I, I dropped a little, I dropped a little piece of, I dropped a little nugget on Shad last night and I did it on the DC primetime Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash DC primetime cheap plug. But, uh, I'm going to drop the nugget on the podcast too, for anybody else who may be listening, but I'm going to wait until we get to that show. Cause it, we discuss well, that's next. So, oh, so you know what the nugget is already. Yeah. But I don't know what the break, the spelling of it is. So, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so, that show we're talking about specifically is Young Justice. We have found out officially that Young Justice has been renewed for season four by DC Universe. Uh, and it's already apparently deep into production. So uh, it sounds like uh, we won't have to wait too, too long for that to return into the mix. So. Yes. Uh, so very quickly, I will drop this nugget of knowledge and I'll drop it on you too. There is uh, a, li- a a viewer, a, a keen-eyed viewer actually noticed this, so I can't take credit for it. Uh, but has released this information online. If you take the first letter of every episode of season three and put them together, it spells prepare the anti-life equation. Yep, that's pretty cool. Which is I know the last pertaining part of the, to Dark Side. I know the last part of the episodes aren't out there yet, and the last, so everybody's like, "Yep, the last piece is going to be equation." So, yep. um, so yeah. Well, the, the names of the episodes you can see them on IMDb. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it it spells that it definitely spells that equation. That's really cool. That's yes. awesome. So yeah, so like I said, we'll be seeing uh, seeing that more uh, very very soon. So uh, you know, that's really great news that they're they're not giving up on the show, um, but. In addition to that, though, we did get our first full trailer for Harley Quinn's animated series, which if you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, uh, I, I don't know. Have you did? He, did you get a chance to post that on fa- our page? Uh, I did. Yeah, I posted okay. it last night. OK, so, yeah, make sure I head over to the Facebook page again, Facebook.com slash DC primetime. And you can check that out. I will say it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. It looks like um, a blast. It does. And it, it's really over the top, goofy, bloody. I mean, you see decapitations in this. This is not a show for kids. Uh, people getting shot. I mean, just. Just be prepared for an adult, you know, animated series that your your kids should stay far, far, far away from. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I would, it was I almost like a it was almost like a red band trailer anyway. Yeah, it was. So uh, it, it'll be a ton of fun. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, but all right, now moving to the live action stuff for the wonderful, wonderful DC universe, which apparently is not going anywhere because I can give you a little bit more information on that too inside this. 
But we have found out, you know, the official start date uh, for the release of season two of Teen Titans. Uh, and that is, well, not Teen Titans, but Titans. Um, and that is going to be, uh, crap, I just had it. <laughs> uh, so September 6th. So right around the corner. So yeah, Friday, it's not, it's not far 6th. away at all. Yeah, uh, is when it's going to be premiering. Uh, but we also got our very first uh, shots of Aqualad and Deathstroke. They're really, really blurry. Um, if you're trying to hunt them down, I'm sure you can find them on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it they look fantastic. Like it just they look really, really fantastic and spot on. So looking forward to seeing that kind of play out. Um, but we do know uh, also finally for DC Universe, the one show that we're about to start reviewing has officially been picked up for season two, and that is none other than Doom Patrol Yay. will be coming back. But they did make a note in this, which was really interesting, in that they said not only will this be showing and airing on the good old DC Universe, but as expected from what I was talking last week, will also be on HBO Max. Um, so they said uh, all 15 episodes of the original season will be on HBO Max at the launch of the service as well. So we are going to be seeing that shift happening, but they said the shows that are going to be running on DC Universe most likely will all be running in tandem together between DC Universe and HBO Max. Um, so kind of cool to see the fact that this show has a home in multiple places. So even if DC Universe goes away, there is a place and an avenue for it to continue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they might. I think that might be something they might be preparing themselves for. I think so. I think that and it's it's smart, and I'm really happy that they're not afraid to do that. So yeah, me too. All right, let's shift gears into the Arrowverse, and let's start off with Supergirl Season 5. So all these shows that we're going to talk about do have uh, promos out there for their seasons. Most of them are fairly subdued and are showing a lot of kind of like catching you up to now with just tiny little bits of, of, of information. We got some teases more about Leviathan, uh, but one of the things that we do see in this trailer, some of the new footage shot from probably the first episode or two, it uh, looks like this could be very tech focused this, this season. Um, you know, if you've watched the trailer, you see it looks like Lena has come up with something new where it's kind of like you can do this swipe across your eyes and it's probably kind of like ocular implants or something like that. That's kind of connecting you to probably things like your phone and, uh, you know, online services and such. That's kind of keeping people from paying attention to what's really happening. So it sounds like that's going to be, again, the major focus. But it also definitely looks like we're going to get a tilt of uh, Lena kind of more towards that villain role that we were expecting for quite some time. So we see actually in the trailer, uh, Lena actually uh, does like full on cold cocking Kara in the face while she's Supergirl. So it'll be interesting to see how that's all going to play out. So and, and it makes a lot of sense too that as you mentioned the, it, the the promos that we got to don't show a lot because they're still very early on in filming. Yeah. Uh, at the time. I mean, they basically took a break from filming just to come to San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I'm excited about w- what this whole villainous role for Lena. Uh, I mean, I'm there's a part of me that's kind of disappointed because I liked Lena being an ally and I liked them taking, a you know, kind of breaking away from the whole Luther is bad uh, element of the show. But, you know, when you look at the history of the show and you look at the history of the characters, I guess it makes sense. I for think them you're, to go this I, route? I think you'll see maybe this is the focal point for maybe the first half of the season, and then things will patch by the end. Yeah, I can kind of see, like, maybe this is where it's going up until Crisis, but then, you know, I know they say that Crisis is going to affect Flash more than any other show. Um, Arrow, but when, they said. Well, no, no, I, I, I've heard... 
it's going to be most devastating to Arrow, but post-Crisis, it's going to take the biggest effect on Flash. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of feel like maybe that's not necessarily true, because if you look at the whole aspect of Crisis, and if they do what we're predicting they're going to do, and that's bringing the Supergirl universe into Earth-1, I would think that would make it, for them, that's the biggest impact. We'll see. We'll absolutely see. So, but but I could see them working together during crisis because they kind of have to. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Like I said, we'll we'll see a lot of the stuff, interesting stuff play out. But we'll talk a little bit more about crisis in a little bit here. Yep. But um, so with a couple exciting things, you know, right off the bat, we've got some new characters joining into the ranks, which is pretty cool. I'm really um, excited. So we've got uh, Julie Gonzalo, uh, like I think Gonzalo from Veronica Mars. Uh, is going to be joining in as ca- the classic DC character, Andrea Rojas. So she is a businesswoman, an heir to a Central American tech empire. So we're going to see her into the mix. She's probably going to have very, very heavy ties into the Leviathan arc. Uh, and also we're going to be seeing, I think it's Staz Nair, who is uh, one of the Dothraki warriors in uh, Game of Thrones. He's going to be playing a brand new character by the name of William Day. And it sounds like he's going to be a reporter. So probably most likely somebody that's kind of slipping into roles in CatCo because there's going to be big shakeups in CatCo this year. Uh, because we found out officially that a original cast member by one Mr. James Olsen, played by the wonderful McCann Brooks, is going to be leaving the show in the very first half of season five. This uh, this kind of disappoints me, and not for the reason you might be thinking. Well, maybe you know, may, you might be thinking exactly why this disappoints me. Probably. Um, uh, this means a potential end for the guardian character. Yeah. I was going to say no blue and gold, buddy. Yeah. Unless somebody else dons the, the costume, this means they're wrapping up the guardian character. And I'm kind of disappointed by that. Yeah. Well, it seems like they really didn't know what to do with him the last year. So I'm not very surprised that this is happening. I mean, that show is getting bigger and bigger as far as it's cast. You know, we've seen things like arrow and flash and all that kind of rain things in a little bit. Uh, and Supergirl, uh, the cast keeps getting larger, so I think it's going to become more difficult for them to find a way to do that. But they did say, you know, um, you know, it doesn't seem like the, the character is getting killed off. It just sounds like he's leaving, uh, you know, National City. I'll tell and- you what I would like to see. Uh, thinking about this right now, I would like to see them possibly go post-crisis a almost, and <laughs> forgive me for using this reference, uh, an almost uh, White Ranger element to it in that post-crisis a new guardian pops up in the blue and gold and nobody knows his identity Hmm. and once it's finally revealed it's not james you know it's somebody completely different from another earth that merged in with the rest of them it very well could happen i mean there's so many options that'll happen but we'll see you know but like i said you know we know he's gonna be leaving um you know early you know early on in the, the season so um you know It'll be great to see what they get to do and give him, hopefully, give him a really good, strong send off. But yeah, it's it's a shame to see him go because again, he was one of the people there from the beginning. But at least we have one consolation, and that is one Mr. Jeremy Jordan, uh, good old Winshot, will be back for a three episode arc in season five. So uh, be exciting to at least kind of see him kind of find a way to make an appearance back in. And I think uh, but, he's, he's second half of the season, too, is he not? Yeah, we do know it will be the second half of the season. So at least, like I said, we have some positives for, for the second part of the season as he kind of comes back into the mix. Yeah. Uh, but something else that's really kind of awesome is another actress coming into the mix, which is just freaking awesome, which is Megan Rath, uh, who <laughs> is, you said you, you highly enjoy her in what, Hawaii Five-0. She's in Hawaii Five-0, yeah. 
but she is actually another being human alum. Uh, the other one that was Sam Witwer, but she played opposite of him as the ghost character in, in being human. Um, and what I did not realize and you did not realize nope. is that is Jesse Rath's sister, which is really awesome. But she is also going to be playing Brainiac 5. Uh, but this is something that Jesse Rath was actually hoping for and kind of pushing the the, uh, the showrunners when he was originally cast in hopes of being able to bring his sister into the mix. So, But it sounds like she is going to be a recurring character throughout the season. So really, really awesome. And last but not least, we have a brand new costume for Kara Danvers, a.k.a. Supergirl. And they are finally ditching the short skirt and they are going with more of a kind of a jumpsuit thing. And this was something that she's been talking about since season one. She's like, guys, we shoot in Vancouver. It's cold. (laughs) Can I please have pants? (laughs) Well, I mean, not only that, but I'm kind of excited about this, too, because, I mean, we live in we live in a world now where, you know, people complain about over sexualization of characters and things like that. They did it with Wonder Woman. uh, And the, the short skirt is definitely something that does that. So I'm actually really excited that we're we're ditching the skirt and putting her in kind of like a Supergirl jumpsuit. She's still got the cape. She's still got the S on her chest. That to me is all that matters. Look, the suit looks great. It, it looks it absolutely looks really, great. Really, really, just it's a stunning looking design, and I'm really excited to see that kind of uh, take shape early on this season. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's really cool. But that wraps up all the Supergirl stuff that's not crisis related. So <laughs> yeah, we we got more, but it's going to be coming later. There's more. But wait, there's more. There's more. You know, I just realized, too, the beauty of doing this Comic-Con special, uh, and it happens every year, is we don't have to talk about news at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, <laughs> this is it's gotta, just it'll confuse us a little bit. Segment. It'll confuse us a bit, but we'll get there. That's all right. All right. All right. Let's shift our gears into the Flash. There's very, very little on the Flash, though, for this season. One of the most important ones, let's get it right out of the way. There were so many rumors and rumblings about this that Carlos Valdez was leaving the show. He says officially, guys, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Which is really just thank God because man, I could not imagine a Flash world without Cisco in there. And I, and I love uh, Kavanaugh's response during that interview, uh, and it's perfectly sums up the relationship that Kavanaugh and Valdez has. Is that after he says, "I'm not going anywhere," uh, Kavanaugh replies, "That you know of." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And Kavanaugh and Kavanaugh was wearing a shirt that said Cisco. <laughs> so like I, I love the relationship that the two of them have so if either one of them were to ever leave the show it it would be such a disappointment but I'm I'm glad that he's sticking around <laughs> yeah that's awesome so I'm really really happy to see that so um, so we do know a little bit more about <coughs> excuse me uh, our villain for the season though and that is going to be a fairly new villain um actually created by Josh Williamson, the same person that created uh, Godspeed. And that is blood work, it sounds like. And we don't know if he's going to be our full-on big bad for the season because we. it sounds like there was some interesting and cryptic kind of ways that they discussed his character. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be a, a slight tweak to the character. Uh, you know, they're still having him, I think, probably be uh, a hemophiliac. Uh, but it's, you know, in the comics, I think they... They had some different pieces on this, but it sounds like in here he's going to be an expert on hematological oncology. Uh, I think previously he was just a, like just a, I think they had him as a physician, uh, but here they're going to take it on more of a scientific route. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's really awesome because again uh, it's a great actor. It's uh, Senhill, uh, I think Romothery, uh, and he was uh, best known for uh, his time in Heroes as uh, Suresh. So I'm really excited to see him in the mix here. 
but yeah, he was also part of, I believe, New Amsterdam, the, um, you know, and he was in the office in covert affairs as well. But, um, you know, for, for me, uh, he's always was, uh, you know, Mohinder Suresh from here. Mohinder Suresh, yeah, from here. Yeah. yeah. A great, great actor. So I'm really excited to see that. But you definitely see him front and center on the new trailer where we're kind of getting a monologue of him staying in front of a grave. And, and, and it sounds I, like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I love in the new trailer too the title sequence with kind of like the blood running over the flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks uh, great. And, and uh, you know, we we do know, like I said, uh, he's uh, his objective and, his go- and goal is to keep people from being able to die, uh, which ties heavily into our final story on the Flash because we do know, and I'll get into another point about blood work in just a second. But there's going to be another appearance uh, in season six's premiere, and this does tie into Crisis. But the Monitor is definitely going to make himself known to Barry uh, yet again, and uh, apparently, it sounds like he's going to let him know. Uh, in the very, very first episode of the season that Barry has to sacrifice himself to stop this. So it sounds like it's going to be very interestingly played. Uh, but it sounds like once the Bloodwork case is wrapped up, uh, it's all hands on deck for Crisis. Well, so I, think, it, I think we're going to see a lot of the Crisis element mixed in even during the, the first half of the season. Yeah, So, but like the way that they talked about it is as... Uh, there's going to be a very, very big twist at the end of the Bloodwork case that launches Crisis. So okay. it sounds like Bloodwork definitely sounds like it's going to be the first half of the season. Um, you know, kind of like where we were kind of hoping, like, it's kind of like on the angle of, like, Dr. Alchemy. It sounds like that's the way it's going to lead. Um, so it sounds like once that's wrapped up, something else big is going to go boom. So, yeah. uh, so I, you know, he may not be our full-on big bad, but it sounds like he will be a big bad of the season. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, but uh, you could see and why understand why he's going to be interesting because if it's a character that's all about trying to keep people from death and be kind of ha- um, keeping them immortal, how that could factor into characters like Barry and Oliver. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that play because it sounds like we're, we're you know since we're shifting into discussions of Arrow, um, Barry's going to be one of the few people that knows that that Oliver's going to die. I wouldn't be surprised, to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if when the Monitor makes his appearance known to the Flash, uh, if Oliver is with him. It's very possible. It's very, very, very possible. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to play. But speaking of Oliver, Leo, let's let's jump into Arrow. That's why I figured I would give you a transition. You did. Very beautiful segue. (laughs) Uh, So as we mentioned before, there is a trailer out there for Arrow. Uh, This is kind of a really great, beautiful shot, uh, you know, or edited piece that is showing... Uh, kind of Oliver's story from season one to current. Uh, and in this, you know, we don't see a lot of new footage, but we do see Oliver rocking the new, the new suit, which looks great. I, I looks think fantastic. it's the, the best arrow suit they've had, and I think they're going out on a high note. Uh, but in addition to that, though, too, we also get to see uh, Katie Cassidy as uh, Black Canary suited up in a really beautifully comic-accurate-looking suit for for uh, for Black, uh, Black Canary, which looks stunning. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that as well. So... Um, but it was really cool to see. But one of the things we also found out about Katie Cassidy, she's also going to be directing for uh, an episode for the first time this season. Yeah, so. but she wants to direct one of the episodes yeah. in the final season. Yeah, so that'll be cool that, that we, we're going to get to see her uh, get behind the camera this year. I, so. I love the fact that these shows uh, have enough confidence in the actors, not only in their acting ability, but to be able to allow them to take the helm. I mean, we've seen Kavanaugh take the helm a couple times. We've seen Danielle Pennebaker took the helm in, you know, in the Flash last season. Uh, I know Hartley Sawyer is most likely going to be taking the helm at some point during this season of the Flash. And now Katie Cassidy, mm-hmm. actually, and David Ramsey as well, yeah. took the helm of Arrow. So 
I love the fact that they they have the confidence in the in these guys enough to do that. And for the most part, uh, every episode that we've seen that's been directed by one of them has been great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the other things too, we do see the trailer is uh, two characters specifically that show back up, which was kind of a nice. <coughs> excuse me, guys. Shock and surprise was uh, Colin Donnell and Josh Segura. Uh, so we know uh, we're going to be seeing Tommy Merlin and Adrian Chase coming back into the fold. Um, so in very what excited. way? We don't know. <laughs> no, no, very, very probably tied to crisis in some way, shape or form. Most likely. Yeah. Uh, well, it's also too. It's very possible that that could be through the angle of, you know, Ollie going to all these different earths and meeting these different versions of these people that exist. Um, so very excited to see how that's going to break down because, you know, it's, Anything is hum- uh, humanly possible. We'll talk about the season a little bit more in a second after we get through some of the, the, the news stories here because it, I think we, we have a good idea of how things are going to run because especially we've got another casting that is uh, – so uh, the uh, actor from Russian Dolls, which is uh, Charlie Barnett, is going to be coming in to play John Diggle Jr. Uh, this coming season. So we'll be seeing him in the 2040 section of the show. Um, we knew that the you know show was going to be following the 2040 arc still. Um, so it sounds like we're going to see a couple other pieces kind of roll into play here a little bit. Um, you know, we also know people like Ernie Hudson's coming back this coming season as well that we talked about last week. Uh, and Catherine McNamara is, is going to be in the mix too as a season regular. Uh, but this most likely means that we're probably going to get three stories running in tandem is our guess. Uh, I don't know if you fully agree with that, but I have a feeling that's probably where we're going to go is we're going to see the modern day Star City characters. We're going to see a story with Oliver and, uh, you know, the monitor. And then we're going to probably see the 2040 stuff. So probably all three of those running in tandem during the show. No, um, I can I can see that. I can see that definitely being the case. Because it doesn't make sense to drop people like, you know, Juliana Harkavee and like Rick Gonzalez and, and you know, David Ramsey from, you know, well, the focal, being focal points. Because they still are having to deal with what happens in the modern time that's going to impact 2040. So that has to happen. But we also know Oliver's not going to be with them through that journey. Yeah, so. exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and Juliana and Rick, we're, we're definitely going to see even in the future timeline. So we wouldn't be it wouldn't be without those characters anyway. Uh, but you're right. I mean, we need to, you know, if they didn't go back to the present day timeline in some way, shape or form, we'd be without David Ramsey. There'd be no reason to bring David Ramsey back. So, right. you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it's contagious. But. You know, bringing back Ernie Hudson makes a lot of sense to continue David Ramsey's storyline. Uh, I think we're going to see David Ramsey kind of take up the mantle of Arrow for a little while, which makes a lot of sense considering that we know that John Daigle Jr. becomes the Green Arrow in the future. Right. So it, now it makes a little more sense as how does he become the Green Arrow? It's because his father did it, but his father did it because he took over for Oliver. Right. And I also think you're going to see too, like I said, we still have to see. Uh, you know, Bronze Tiger probably get bumped off this season too. Yeah. So a, a lot of that stuff still has to happen in present day. It's really, really important. And we're also going to need to know where kind of Star City wraps up to get us to why Star City 2040 <clears throat> is kind of such a shit show. So, um, yeah. so that, that all still has to continue to play. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize it. I have a feeling that the 2040 stuff is going to be fairly minimum. I think it's going to feel like we're going to get that as much as we used to get the flashbacks in some older seasons where it's going to take much less time. But I think they're going to do that there just so we can have that reunion of Oliver coming back at the end. 
um, because that's most likely going to happen. So um, it makes the most sense for for that, especially if they're going to continue to focus on that. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, in <clears throat> in Legends of Tomorrow, we do see Oliver is exists. Mm-hmm. He has one arm, but he exists. Yeah. <clears throat> so we we do know he has to return at some point. Right. So it'll be interesting when we see that. So uh, it'll be very exciting to see that all play, though. I, I, you know, it's it's all this stuff is leading up. But one of the things that we do know officially, and this is the final piece for for Arrow discussion here, is while Al, Oliver is going to be traveling the world in the final season and other places, uh, Stephen Mill is not just playing Oliver Queen. He's also playing many Oliver Queens this season. So, which I think could be fun. I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting because we do know he's probably most likely, as we predicted this last season, uh, you know, in, a, in in our Arrow annual, he's most likely going to be traveling not just the world, but the worlds uh, multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be traveling the multiverse with uh, with the Monitor. So it makes total sense that we're going to see different versions of Oliver in uh, from other Earths and. and- and different versions of him as Green Arrow, which means I wouldn't be surprised if we see the more Robin Hoodie looking with the ghost. Shad even our, our buddy Shad even made mention of that on the Facebook page when he said, "If we don't see at least one with a Robin Hood hat, I'm going to be very disappointed." And I think I think we're going to see it. I think we really will see it because again, I think they really want to make sure that they say, "You know what? You guys have wanted it for so long. This is a way for us to do it and do it quickly." You and know, not, I, not I just give for you this, this beautiful nod, yeah. Yeah, not just for this character, but I think like for multiple characters where we've got news about this when we talk about Crisis. This Crisis is turning out to not only just be this epic storyline, but it's a way for the writers to kind of pay homage to all these different versions of these characters for the fans. Yeah, and it's I think that's what the coolest part about this is, is they're taking so many risks, but they're not afraid to just go so big and it sounds like this is just going to be truly just something just new and, and exciting and just crazy. So I, I'm really, really, really excited to see how this is going to play out. So Yeah. Uh, I want to make two quick points about Arrow before we move on to yeah, totally. the crisis element. Because um, I think that's where we're going next at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I don't... Okay. Um, uh, the first one is that I know, and I'm sure you probably share this too, but I, I know we've 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 put down a lot of elements of arrow this past season because we, we kind of believe that this season of arrow needed a lot of help, but uh, you know, we've, we've been saying we have a lot of high hopes for this final season going into it, that they're going to pull out all the stops. And I'll be honest from everything that we're seeing from the trailer that they put together, kind of reminiscing over the past seasons to these elements of these new castings and these possible stories that are coming out of it. And arrow, you know, Oliver traveling the multiverse and seeing different versions. Uh, I will say without a shallow out of a doubt, and you can tell me if you agree with this, <clears throat> I'm very excited for this final season. I am too. I think they're going to do something really, really, really very, very special here. And yeah. it's it's going to be amazingly wonderful to see and watch happen. They're they're going to go out on a high. I have yeah. I I'm really possibly believe that right now. Not possibly. I do. I believe it right now. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and this is something more on personal towards Steven. Uh, I don't know if you caught this story or not, but this is something that's actually been going on for the past um, three years, uh, two years. In 2017, at the Arrow panel, there was a little girl named Sarah that uh, approached and said she was a cancer survivor 
Um, and Oliver, did, uh, Oliver, Stephen did something very sweet in that, you know, he asked, like, is this like your third time? Because she was at she didn't her question to all to Stephen wasn't about Arrow. It was about because she, her being a cancer survivor, whether or not he was going to be relaunching another campaign his she didn't say the word but his fuck cancer campaign um he did something very sweet and he called her up and he gave her a necklace that he wore around his own neck and i think it was a charm of the show like it was an arrow charm or something and he said if you come back next year and give this back to me i'll give you something else so in 2018 she returned she came to the arrow panel uh she came up and he lived up to his promise. He took the arrow charm back and he gave her a bow, a prop from the show, uh, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Fast, he, and he told her the same thing. If you come back next year and give me the bow, I will give you something else. So this year being the final arrow panel that they're doing. I did doing, see this picture, yeah. It's, and this, do I got chills from seeing the video of this and everything. He went even bigger. He took back the bow and he gave her an arrow costume, like Mm -hmm. not just a replica. He gave her one of the actual costumes from the show. Yeah. And put it on her while she stood in front of the crowd. Yeah. There was no question that he called her up to make sure this was done. And if nothing else, that shows you the kind of man that Stephen Amell is. He's amazing. I, I, one of my other favorite moments of him too, and I know we have more to talk about, but I mean, even like it was a fan fest in, in like New Jersey a couple of years ago where like it, there was a massive snowstorm and everybody just had a blast. But like he was out there helping push cars to make sure people could get. Yeah, a snowpocalypse. Yeah, like all these like really just sweet, sweet moments. And he's such this just amazing human being. Uh, and it, it all these things that he does, like you, I have so much respect for him. You know, I know we, we, we've we've dogged on Arrow in the past, but it's not because and we always say we always remind people it's never because of the actors. All the actors that are part of this universe are so um, just amazing people. You've had the opportunity of meeting the majority of them. Uh, and I've never it's, heard and- you ever say anything in a negative way about a single one of them. No. Um, and I, I'm actually like, and I don't say this as, as a brag. I don't say this as a brag at all. I've met Steven multiple times. I've been on stage with Steven. I've even had phone conversations. This is kind of privy to information, but I'm okay saying it now. Um, and you know about this already. I've, right, I've had yeah. phone conversations with Steven because we, there have been talks of involving Steven with, uh, the con that I'm developing. And when I say I've had phone conversations with Steven about getting involved with the con, I don't mean I've talked to his people. I've talked to Steven. I've been on the phone with Steven. And he has always, always been nothing but pleasant, nothing but engaging, nothing but friendly. He's never been in any way negative. And that goes, as you mentioned, for the entire cast of that show from Rick Gonzalez, Katie Cassidy, uh, you know, Juliana Harkavy, like I've, Echo Cullum, I've met them all. They're all fantastic people. That's awesome. That's really so, awesome. But yeah, I think that's it, a good way to wrap the arrow talk. Yeah, I, you know, like I said again, I think this season's going to do such a great job of celebrating everything that yeah. Arrow has given you. And if again, if you you need to, a reminder of it, highly recommend watching the season eight trailer. Um, yes. I think I think we're going to get something really special. Even if the future stuff isn't your cup of tea, I think everything else that's going to happen around it, if not at least. Oliver's adventure is going to be something just awe-inspiring. So, yes, yes. All sure. right. Speaking about that adventure, it's time to talk about crisis. 
Yes. All right. So we know this officially. So comicbook.com got an exclusive when they were talking with Guggenheim. And he said officially, basically, we're going to begin, and this is exclusive, we're going to begin the way Crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, the, Earth the comic begins, which is the destruction of various parallel universes. And the goal is for us to adapt key moments from the comics, and it's all those seminal moments. If we, add, if we put 100 cool things we wanted to do as our goal, and if we get 50, we're still going to do 50 amazing things that most people will never expect to ever see on, uh, on TV, let alone a film. And I want to and I want to make this point too. We're we're going to be talking a lot about a thing about things that got announced about Crisis uh, that are coming up. And I know there's been some some rumblings and some criticisms. Our, our friend Paul, not to call him out, our friend Paul has made this point, uh, not necessarily on our page, but I've seen him post it on other people's comments of that. You know, it, it would have been nice if they kind of would have surprised us with a lot of stuff. Um, this is going to be a five-hour event, and we're getting we're going to be talking about a, a number of things that have been announced about who's playing who and and such like that. I, I have no doubt in my mind there are still going to be a lot of surprises, right? When yeah. it comes to crisis, mm-hmm. if not more surprises than things than we already know. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm excited to see what they're end up going to be. But you know, one of the big surprises is. There's been very little talk about Tom, Tom Cavanaugh and The Flash this year. Um, oh, I love this. But we do know something that Tom Cavanaugh is indeed going to be doing. And that means he is the man playing Pariah in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is, as anybody knows, is pretty much the herald of the Anti-Monitor. Yep. Um, which is just going to be amazing to see Tom play such a pivotal character. Um, and it's, it's going to be so awesome. Um, and... I can't wait to see what he's going to do with this character and the way that it's going to be portrayed. Now, let alone, um, we know he'll probably be in the mix too is Reverse Flash. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, he's going to be definitely playing double duty at least, if not triple or quadruple duty. Because if if we see the multiverse destroyed, uh, well, we're definitely going to be saying goodbye to several members of the Councils of Wells. So um, <laughs> yes, so. But very exciting to see on how everything's going to play out. But yeah, this is this is a huge, huge piece to the crisis story. Uh, but one of the things we also now know, though, too, is uh, you know, well, Monica Garrett, um, you know, is going to be also playing double duty by playing both not just the monitor but also the anti monitor. Uh, there is some shots out there of basically, as our good buddy Shad said, it kind of looks like Nega Scott from uh, uh, <laughs> Scott yeah, Pilgrim. Nega Scott meets Bane because of yeah. the the wires from his uh, his arms. Um, but you know what? Like, yeah, I mean, it's just concept art. But in all honesty, thinking about this. When you look at Crisis and you look at the fact that, you know, the Monitor and Anti-Monitor are brothers, uh, I think this makes a lot of sense to do this. Yeah, no, I I think so. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we still see the classic Anti-Monitor helmet that's got like the lit up eyes with kind of like that kind of like straight line barred teeth. I think we'll still see that. But yeah. it'll, it'll be as like as a helmet on that suit to give it more of that traditional look. Yeah, but exactly. I think it's I think we're still going to see it. I, I think we're still going to see what we expect. Um, you know, um, a little bit of a side note too. Uh, I I was reading this online, and I haven't been reading this comic, but apparently, uh, the Monitor and the Anti Monitor are now part of the Justice League. Interesting. In the current I, in the current run, I need to I need to do some catch up then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so some other fun stuff, too, that we know officially. Uh, so one that we already stated was 
definitely going to happen. Tyler Hoechlin's coming back to play Superman. Um, of course. Not a shock, but what's really, really awesome is this is the first time we're going to see Superman deal with Lex Luthor in the Arrowverse because, as we also expected, John Cryer is coming back to play Lex for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Not a shock to us whatsoever. Um, but what was a shock? Uh, and <laughs> I'm I mean, so excited a, by a this. Massive shock is Brandon Routh will once again become Superman. But even more exciting, not Superman from the Richard Donner universe from, uh, you know, where we got to see him play in Superman Returns, but a really special Superman. We're going to see him play the Superman from Kingdom Come, which is just so, so exciting. And it's, uh, the great thing is when Brandon sh- stopped by the arrow panel, he opened up his shirt and it was the S from Kingdom Come there, which was just just amazing and apparently everybody lost their minds yeah i would have uh, I, too i i can't wait to go back because i'm sure that panel is up online somewhere and i really want to want to sit down and get a chance to watch it because i can't i can only imagine how electrifying the room was when they saw that um so yeah it's just incredibly incredibly exciting uh but also we know one other person that plays such a major role in the history of dc comics on television and it's a shame his partner couldn't be there for this yeah. since he passed away the other year. But Burt Ward, our good old boy wonder from Batman 66, is going to be making an appearance on Crisis and Infinite Earths. We don't know as what character or how. My hope is definitely that he is still playing Robin. I would love to see that. And I have no doubt in my mind, absolutely none, that if Adam West were still alive, he would have been brought into Crisis in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Mike, Mike, there, there's so many rumblings of so many other people. If who would be your top three people that have portrayed characters across the DC universe, be films, television, animated series, that are going to appear here? If oh you, what, man, what, like your your absolute top three. Are we are we considering characters that are off limits to them right now too, like Batman? Uh or are we saying like characters they actually have permission to use right now? I think ones that there is a chance. Um, okay, so if if we saw any characters that we know there's a chance of them using, um, I have one particular one in my mind. I don't know why it sticks out. Um, oh God! If if we could see, okay, so there are two actually in my mind. Well, how about right this? Now. Why don't we go? You give one, I'll give one. We'll do this for th- three to five characters we can come up with. So we can, we have our checklist. Okay, because I can, I can well, actually see how yeah, well we do. I, I think of three right now, now okay. that I have, I have so. So I'll, I'll kick one off. Um, I would like to see it'll never happen. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. Eh. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> never, never happened. So that's your long shot get. <laughs> that's my long shot get. Oh, my. Oh, trust me. My second one's another long shot get, too. All right. So my first one, Kevin Conroy is Batman. Ooh, that would be fun, too. Oh, so we can we can use Batman. Well, you, you just said Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. So, again, we can okay, get that. Yeah. That's, that's, right. my lo- that's my long shot get. All right. Okay. All right. So how about what's your number? What would be one of your next for? So... An act, one that you think is actually possible. Oh, one that I think is actually possible. Um, 
I can't take credit for this one. Somebody did post this on the Facebook page, but it's it's a fantastic idea, and I'd love to see it. Uh, I'd like to see Rosenbaum come back, but not as Lex as a as a Flash. Interesting. Um, yeah, because he because has we portrayed- don't he, he's voiced the character. Uh, actually, I Rosenbaum was my number one coming back as a, a version of Lex. That so. would be fa- it. Would be amazing. I yeah. mean, and you could also go Welling too for you know a version of Superman. I don't think we're going to see. I think we. I think there's a chance we could see Welling. I don't know if it would be as a Superman. Yeah, I agree with that. I could see him maybe coming in as something completely unexpected. Um, uh, but another long shot that I had too, it would be the Keanu Reeves version of Constantine. Wow, <laughs> I doubt uh, you that. Know what? Again, that is also another extreme long shot. It's um, a, it's a very extreme long shot, but I also feel like that's a very underrated movie. Um, I have two. No, no response to that, huh? Uh, I, I, I just don't. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it being an underrated movie. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it is underrated. It, it, it's it's not great, but it's fun. It's okay. definitely fun. Um, Dean Kane is Superman. Yes. Yes, or um, Eradicator. I, or, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if we see Dean Kane make an appearance here. Uh, and I also wouldn't be ex- uh, surprised if we see Helen Slater as Supergirl. That would be great. Because we already know she's in that universe. Well, yeah. her the actress is, is part of that universe. Um, so to see her reprise the role of that, too, would be... Um, I think also, too, long shot as hell. Because I don't know if they'll, they'll let them do it. But I don't see why they may not take a risk here. But seeing Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, ooh, that would be fun too. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Now here's now here's another question for you. Um, if you could see any hero pop up uh, that we have not yet seen, who would you like to see pop up? It's a character I think that would be very unexpected. Um, but I think because they're really diversifying their heroes is like it's some of their leads. Um, I think it would be really kind of awesome to see Black Lightning make an appearance. Um, I'm wondering if maybe there's a way they could do that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's possible. I would love, but I would love to see it possibly happen. Uh, I think the other one, a, a character that I would actually really love to see, though, to be truly honest with you, is I would kill to see Batgirl. Um, because they're willing to take risks of pulling people back in from old other shows. And I would love to see the Batgirl from Birds of Prey because she was phenomenal. She was so good. She was such a great piece of that 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 equation. But I also think, though, like it's, it's, it's truly something very possible. Okay. Uh, all right. I can see that. <clears throat> um, for me, I don't think it's anything we're ever going to see. But... Uh, Purely because of the fact of, uh, you know, we got John Constantine and Swamp Thing, which were technically Vertigo characters at the time uh, and and launched on Vertigo, but are now DC. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing um, either Sandman or Lucifer. I think it's very possible. Um, Christ. I mean, we could we could name characters forever. I think the one that I would actually probably lose my mind more than any of the others is a character that's been teased since fucking season one. Can I guess? Go ahead. Can I guess? Sure. Dr. Fate. No. Oh, that would be mine. Ted Cord. Oh, Blue Beetle. He, he's Cord Industries has been a name in this in the Arrowverse for so long, and we've never got it. Can we never, see? Ever got it? And I would can we see Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, please? I mean, if we could get Blue and Gold in this, it would be like <laughs> the best thing in the universe. But I yeah. mean, I you know, 
Uh, and, and the last one I have for you too is what's your over under on seeing Wentworth Miller? Oh man. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. That's something I didn't even ponder to be completely honest with you. Uh, if we could see him return as citizen cold, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see it and I hope it happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God, I mean, man. he's he's been a fan favorite forever, and people have been asking for him to return for a long time. So, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put the idea out the pasture that we couldn't see him. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm, there's a good chance we might. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of villains that we've seen in the past make an appearance yet again. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people like Mark Hamill come back to play the trickster or yeah. something like that here. Um, I feel like they're going to pull out every stop humanly possible to give us something that's just, and again, it's the reason why we talk about that. When crisis wraps the show our our part of the show, whether that means it ends with us or, or what it, it, it could be us saying goodbye after crisis. But I mean, like, it, you know, you and I are going to watch probably, you know, still watch everything after everything happens. And if crisis's effects are held through the season, I may be willing to hang out until the end of the year, because if, if it's that massive and that major of a role of what happens, I mean, it, it may need to kind of extend out. Yeah. But- I mean, and, and because we've talked about this before too, that I, and it, it started as a joke where I said, like, if they ever do crisis, that might be the end because where do they go from there? Um, you know, so it's it's a matter of what the fallout feels like. And, yeah, and, and if, because if again, where do they are, go from there? It's like if that's our epilogue <laughs> to the show. I mean, maybe it's not weekly. Maybe we just talk about the shows on a, on a monthly basis until things wrap. This as we're either transitioning new people or whatever it may be, just to at least make sure we get to say goodbye the right way. Um, or, or we or we still do a weekly show, but I mean, rather than talk about each episode in detail, we pretty much just focus on what the crisis fallout is. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just a crisis alert <laughs> from <Yeah>. the community. <laughs> it, it, we call it like DC primetime fallout, you know, yeah. and that's and, and we do that until the, the rep, um, you know, the repercussions of crisis are done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, or DC primetime epilogue, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I just I have no doubts with everything that we've been getting. And I don't know. Do we still have other crisis stuff to talk about? No, we're 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 caught up. I figured Um, with everything that they're announcing and everything that they've they've given us so far with the possibilities, which are endless, which what they could still give us. um, There's no doubt in my mind crisis is going to be epic yeah it it really is i mean every in my opinion every crossover has gotten better and better every year and it feels like cw and warner brothers have kind of given them permission to kind of pull out all the stops yeah i mean like we know there's certain characters specifically that they're not allowed to touch um you know um I know with Batwoman, they said we will not be seeing Renee Montoya because she is off limits because of Birds of Prey. But, you know, I think right now, if there was ever a chance to see Batman, Crisis is it. Yeah, uh, I, 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 mean, I, I th- 
I mean, we we've no, we know now that they've given them permission to use Superman, which, you know, we're seeing these different versions of Superman. And I think even there was a story out there. I didn't read it, but apparently um, Henry Cavill made some kind of comment about them bringing the Superman into crisis. And it kind of put a spotlight on where the future of the Superman film series is, which I think is kind of done. I don't know if they're going to be doing. I don't think there are any plans to do another Superman anytime soon. Well, yeah, and, I mean, I think, and I'm well, OK with that. Well, I think they're letting the character have a chance to breathe because I think yeah. they they knew they needed to, and I think it was important for them to to pump the brakes, figure out where they had to go, where they have to be, and I think that's okay. I think there's nothing wrong with them saying, you know, we need to make sure when this character comes back, we do it right. It has to be done right, because if not, why are we doing this? And they know that with all these things, and you're going to see certain characters like Aquaman stick around and, and Wonder Woman stick around. Um you know, it sounds like the Flash is definitely sticking around. Like the the director of it is now the the pe- the person in charge, and it sounds like the movie's getting ready to like go into like hardcore production. Like it's sounds like it's it's not dead now. Like it's 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 still coming, which was surprising to me because I thought, nope, there's no chance in hell that this is this is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it, with Matt Reeves and what he's going to do with Batman. And the fact that we're talking about like things like year one and the long Halloween being big focal points uh, and saying that we have to make this Batman a different Batman that's never been seen on screen. This is going to be the detective Batman, the world's greatest detective. And they said, you will believe that by the end of the trilogy uh, is exciting because it's finally taking him into the direction that a lot of us have wanted to see for so long. And I think the tricky thing is how do you top what Richard Donner Superman was? without just trying to retell that story. And I think that's such a struggle to find in, in Superman. And they were getting there. They were so close to getting there with Henry. Um, but I think I think they know they need to take a moment or two to, to figure out what Superman really means in today's modern age. And look at the comics for inspiration and not being afraid to make some truly just awesome calls. And I think there's a high chance that we'll see something great in the next five years or so. But I think it's going to be a while before we, we're going to see him kind of grace the silver screen. But because of, like you even said, it, you know, with with all these versions of Superman we're going to about to see on TV, with Batman not really be, having a place on television right now, they could be willing to do that because we know, you know, the Batman's still a little bit out before anything's going to happen. They may be willing to say, hey, we'll give you it right now, but it's going to be for a very short term small little time because again things like gotham are done all these little pieces are finished up there's no animated series right now with him really running uh aside from what we're going to see out of him uh, with the occasional appearances in harley quinn young justice things like that but you know this is a way for them to keep him part of the cultural limelight outside of the comics and i think that's why we could get that chance to see him yeah, I mean, and not only that, but, you know, with with Superman as a prime example and even the Flash, they've kind of already shown us that, you know, these characters can exist in both the TV and the movie universe without there being any kind of friction or any kind of issues. So I don't see why, like you said, with production of the Batman being so early on and then not even having started filming yet, why they couldn't give us a little bit of Batman in the TV universe, yeah. um, you know, cause they've already made bones about it with Batwoman that Batman is out of the picture. He's left Gotham city. 
Um, so why not give us a little bit of taste if only for an episode or two during crisis? It's just a few moments. And I think the same thing could be said with Green Lantern. I think the same thing could be seen, uh, could be said with a couple other characters at the same time. So I, who's to say we couldn't see an Arthur Curry moment in, in crisis in some way, shape or form, even if it's just hinted at in the background. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, again, too, I think the idea of seeing Batman in the Arrowverse eventually is, is, is bound to happen. And if you think about it, having Supergirl, Superman hangs over your head when you think about Supergirl. Like, he has to be out there. He has to exist. It's part of the story. Batwoman, Clark, or not Clark, but Bruce has to be out there. You yeah. know he has to be out there. He has to exist. Like, they even said it. Like, when we had Elseworlds last year, we knew and absolutely knew for the first time. They're like, oh, Batman. They're like, oh, he's just a myth. Like, <laughs> And it's it was that great dynamic of watching kind of the Arrowverse, you know, tr- uh, Trinity kind of talking through those points. And it was so great to see those things happen. It's been nodded for so long. I mean, we've had it- Oliver mention Bruce Wayne a yeah. couple of times. And, I, you know, it's going to it's going to happen. But if you're going to do it, this is where you do it. Yep. Agreed. So, Agree completely. So I'm excited. I'm really, I mean, I, I'm incredibly excited about the things that were teased. And yeah, to like, you know, mirrors what Paul said, you know, it would have been great to not know Burt Ward was going to pop up or something like that. But I think you're right. I think there's so many surprises. They're just not going to nod us to. I think for us, you and I might might end up having a lot more spoiled for us because of the, what we have to do on a week to week basis of following these points and knowing what's happening and to be able to report them to you all. I mean, the show has always been a spoiler cast. You hear that in the start of every episode. So if something we say pisses you off, we've <laughs> warned you at the start. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. We have warned you at the start. But, but you again, know what? I was just going to say, but even if we do have some of those things spoiled for us, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say that it's going to ruin the experience because, uh, you know, we've gotten these teases that have come now. I've already, and I know you have too, we've already been super excited for what Crisis is going to bring us. But these announcements that we got out of Comic-Con, you know, with Brandon Ralph playing Kingdom Come Superman and Burt Ward being a part of it and Tom Cavanaugh playing Pariah, it hasn't taken away anything. If anything, it's just given me more excitement to see it now. Absolutely, which is just really kind of wonderful. Is just, it's just building up the hype. But I mean, like you go back to, I mean, the first crossover, Invasion, feels like it was so long ago because it you know it It was (laughs) but like think about it like we had the hall of justice that nobody saw coming oh i want to see that so bad again oh Uh, yeah uh i think we might i mean there's there's nothing that says we can't yeah i mean honestly at the end of crisis where do you want the arabers to be i know like we just we're, we're just talking because i think today is like this is our opportunity i know we're like almost an hour and 30 minutes into this but it, this is us kind of really having the moment to talk about things before we were there. Like it's it's not that long from now, and very soon you know, we have a lot of other things to talk about that are going to lead us up to that moment. Uh, you know, and so t- taking the time to talk crisis now because things are fresh, news is hitting. Where do you want the Arrowverse to be by the end of crisis? So I've kind of made this point before, and I, I want to stick to this. And I don't think it's something that we're gonna uh, that we're gonna see, but it's something that I I personally would love it if they went this route. We have all these different shows, you know. We have Batwoman, we have Ar- Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl, and we know that Arrow is ending. But 
that's not to say with Crisis, and it's something I, I never even really considered, because I figured with Oliver being the sacrifice during Crisis, and he is returning, but he's not returning until the future, most likely that is the case. But now seeing, knowing that we're going to get all these multiple versions of Oliver Queen playing different roles, there's nothing that says that with Oliver sacrificing himself, we still can't in some way, shape, or form have an Oliver Queen arrow. Now. I mean, he said he'd be willing to come back if they ever needed him. So. Exactly, which means he probably won't be Earth One Oliver if he comes back. He's going to be another version of this character, which I'm fine with. Now, that being said, what I would like to see them do, and again, don't think it's going to happen. It's most likely not going to happen. They're going to keep all of these shows as their own. I would like like to see them run till the end of these seasons with these current shows, and then with all of these characters being part of the same universe, let's condense them down to one show. And we call it World's Finest. We, in our own way, have our Justice League. We have The Flash. We have Supergirl. We have Batwoman. So in essence, we have our Flash, Superman, Batman in, these, in the form of these characters. We're going to get introductions of new characters, I'm sure, in Crisis that are most likely going to be sticking around, not necessarily on a permanent basis, but all these different characters that we can now bring into the fold every once in a while episodically. You do this because, one, it puts the concentration. We get to see, in essence, a season-long crossover. Um, and I know it's asking a lot considering that Batwoman is just going to be debuting. So, But... Let's say the ratings aren't great for Batwoman. Now you have a solution to keep Batwoman in the mix and still allow the the character to continue, just not in her own series. You condense them down to one series, call it World's Finest. And now not only do you have a season-long crossover, as I mentioned, but rather than spending a budget on five shows, or four shows rather, you can save that budget and put it into one, which means there are now bigger things you can do with that one show. Mm-hmm. And you loosen up the schedule of these characters. Now they're not using, they, they're they not working as much of a hectic schedule because not every episode is going to feature all these heroes. You know, one episode might be, like the first couple episodes might be all three of them. And then it's a, it's an episode about the Flash and what he's doing. He's off doing something. Supergirl's off in the next one. Bring him back together for an episode after that. Then it's Batwoman. There's so many different things you can do with that. And as much as I know CW fills their schedule with these shows because they're big, in my opinion, I don't know who would agree with me and who's not, condensing them down to one Saving budgets, saving schedules, but giving us a more big time story is a smart move. And it's something I would like to see. I think by the end of crisis, we're going to have a moment that's going to be probably the. I think we're going to have two big moments. Um, I think we're going to have at the very end, you know, obviously, let's be honest. If you know, crisis and infinite earth, we're going to have one earth by the end of this. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Which is great, which I think does a lot for this universe. Uh, I think we're going to get a funeral for a friend moment with Green Arrow. Yep. Um, but I think what we're going to get at the final moments of all of this is we're going to see them walk into that Star Labs that we saw. That was the off-site original one. That was the Hall of Justice. We're going to have Barry or whoever is still remaining because there's still a chance that, that Flash could die. Um, but we are going to see them walk into that place and pull a and say... We need to think about the future 
and pull like and bury your car or somebody pulls like a uh you know a dusty tablecloth off something and it's a table and it's a and it's at the round table and it says well what are we going to call ourselves and just end the series and the end and the episode that'd be amazing and say you know it's and and we have the birth of the justice league at the end of this and you know i i think you're right i think i would love to see them do like a world's finest or a justice league show or something like that i think we're not there quite yet i think it's possible that by the end of these seasons we could be. I think the fallout of crisis could be so massive. And you have people like, again, McCat Brooks leaving rumors of Cisco. Like he's like, I'm not leaving the season. He, he said, I'm not leaving this season. You know, he might be done next year. You know, um, you could have people that are just ready to be like, Hey, it's been a long time, but people like Grant are like, Hey, if I could do this in a different way and not have to do this all the time. And I could start doing other things. Sure, why not? That's what I mean. You know, that's what I mean by freeing up schedules. You have major faces that have been starting to leave these shows, and you could have an opportunity to be like, okay, you know what? Like, let's focus on an episode of purely just Martian Manhunter and uh, teamed up with the Flash and or some of the Legends because, like, you and I have both said our thoughts are the the Legends are probably on their final season coming um, coming up. Is this a high chance that could be the end for them? Uh, but that leaves them the opportunity of, again, having his large team-up show. Uh, is Flash going to go to a season seven or eight? Um, you know, is Supergirl going to go to a season six or seven? You know, all these little pieces. Is it, is it maybe time to just, again, maybe we have two team-up shows and Batwoman running or Flash and Batwoman and a team-up show um, or something along those lines where you have an opportunity to move some of those characters into new places because I'm sure a lot of people that are part of Arrow and they've even kind of rumored that it doesn't mean it's the end for some of these characters. Some of these characters could become legends. Some of them could, they could give us a tease at the end of this crossover about what's to come next year. And it could be justice league. It could be something as simple as, is that last moment, because I wouldn't be surprised if they do something to try to keep us excited for next year. And I think that's going to be their goal is they're going to give us something big, huge and special to keep us excited and keep us watching. Yeah, and, and you know, and I'm I'm all for that. I mean, the tease that next year, you know, at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths could be, you know, uh, it could just be called the Society. Uh, you know, uh, who who the hell knows? And you know, it's a form of because they can't use Justice League because of the movie. Um, well, they're not making a Justice League too, so they. Well, that's so, true. So they could use <laughs> so, Justice League. Um, I, I I just think it makes sense. And like I said, it's not something that's going to happen immediately after Crisis. I think these seasons will finish out the way they're they're meant to. But I think going into the next season, as you mentioned, you know, with Legends possibly wrapping up uh, after this next season, this is a good way to let all of these characters still remain in this universe uh, and bring them in episodically, not necessarily for a full season. Uh, Look, let's be real. Not everybody is Jensen Eccles and Jared Padalecki. They can't asking anybody to do that long, play these characters for that long is asking a lot it you know jared and jensen are an anomaly yeah uh, i mean like everybody's like oh error should run for 15 years it should no most it shows, shouldn't most shows <laughs> yeah. shouldn't supernatural shouldn't have ran for 15 years but it's i, I mean you, you look at tom welling and you know this all came up in part of the interview when i had that i had with him you know smallville ran for 10 years and after smallville ended he took a long hiatus of acting because it drained him I mean, so, yes, I know there are massive fans out there who are disappointed that Arrow's ending and it should run for 12 to 15 seasons. 
No, it shouldn't. Honestly, most shows should never do that. I mean, no. it's, it's 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 great when a show can have a really fun long run. But again, it's better when things can come to an end. That's a natural end. And I think that's why Arrow is doing what it's doing. And I think that's why we're so excited again. Because when you get kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'll watch Arrow. I've got nothing better to do. But like we remember a couple of years ago when everyone was talking about it. Now it's only like these small smatterings. Of people are like, oh, I haven't watched in a while. You know? You get you have your diehard fans, and then you have the people that were fans that are kind of like in and out. They're like, ah, it's it's on Netflix. I'll I'll check it out when I get some time. It becomes a I'll, I'll binge it eventually or something along those lines. And when that moment when they realize, hey, it's not on things like Netflix anymore. You have to subscribe to HBO Max or something to watch it. People are going to be like, well, whatever. Uh, move on to new things. It's time to move on to new things, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but again, they have to do something to keep us excited. And I think we're going to we're going to see something that's going to, I think, make us want more. Um, and honestly, that's the best thing about any show. It, it When it ends, it should make you want more. That's why you have an imagination. <laughs> that's what would happen next. That's why there's people that create fanfic and fan films. And that's why there's comics where you can continue to read about these characters and movies that continue to tell new versions and interpretations of these people. Because ultimately, when you end something, it allows somebody else that has a great idea for that same character to to, to kind of be born and actually eventually come to fruition. And you never know. Like we, Everybody was like, Smallville was the best Superman story for so long. And then you got to see another version of him. You're like, oh, my God, this is the best Superman I've ever seen. You know, it's you need to let things go so something new can come into its place. And that character will always come back around. And you never know what the next version or interpretation is. Everybody was like, Keaton's the best Batman. And then all of a sudden we saw Nolan and what he could bring to Batman. And you're like, this is amazing. You know, it's exciting when that can happen. It's the same thing that's like for the MCU. When the MCU eventually says, okay, we're going to stop now. I'm going to take a break, and then somebody's going to say, here's a new version of this character, and it's going to be like, oh my god, this is amazing. And you have to let those things happen, because all of them are written for a certain time. And the times have changed a lot since Arrow and Supernatural began. Like, things have to... You have to change those characters and progress them in new ways and make them work for new modern audiences. They're they're great for the people that were in their teens to their 30s, but the people that are now their 40s from that where they were when arrows started when they were in their thirties and now in their forties may not speak to them anymore. You know, um, I've, I've had many people tell me, I'm like, Oh, Supergirl's really great. But some of the stuff they're dealing with is not what I want to be watching on TV. Um, you know, like, and that's from coming from older, older people that love those characters. And like, I don't like the political agenda that's happening nonstop, but for people that are younger, like us that are really invested in that stuff that speaks to us, but it's not going to speak to everybody. And that's the thing is that you have to constantly evolve and change these things speak to new audiences because eventually there's gonna be a point where these versions of those characters don't speak to the teen audience anymore and yeah. you gotta end it on a high note before you out out where it's welcome so and i and i heard a great analogy and and actually this analogy actually came from leslie jones who you know we know from like saturday night live and ghostbusters and, right. and such um you know and it, she wasn't necessarily talking about the, the DC universe, obviously, but uh, she was more she was more talking about herself. But I feel like the analogy kind of fits in here and that, you know, it's it's great to hit that gas pedal and go flying forward. But if you don't eventually hit the brake, you're going to crash. Yeah. You know, and it's a great analogy for these two is like, yes, it's great that we're pushing forward with these. But eventually you have to hit the brake. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, it, the, these these shows are going to crash. The actors are going to burn out. And it's as fans, 
you know, it, we have to be both fans of the characters and the actors. And it's it's not fair for us to be selfish and say we want 20 seasons of The Flash because that's not fair to Grant. It's not fair to Danielle. It's not fair to Tom and and and, and um and uh, Carlos. It's not fair to these actors mm-hmm. to want that. Um you have to look at both sides of this and we're getting to that point where like I know people are disappointed that Arrow's ending. I'm not. I feel like it's a good time. And if they were to announce next season that Flash was ending or, you know, that or the, not this season, but the next season is going to be the last season Flash. If if within two to three years, Batwoman is the only surviving Arrowverse show, I'd be OK with it. I'd yeah. be dis- there's a part of me that would be disappointed. But I'd be OK. Yeah. I'd be OK. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm just really excited for this upcoming year. And I really think we're going to see a lot of these shows that maybe have been kind of struggling a little bit probably give us some of the best things they ever have because Crisis is going to impact everything around it and it's going to be all over the season. And I think that's what's going to be really just amazing to watch how it gets its tendrils and everything that's going on. Yeah. So I mean, and if you look at it, like I said, all of like or like you just said, all of these shows kind of giving us amazing things this season because it is Crisis. If you look at it, as in crisis is a version of a finish line and they're hitting the gas to cross that line fast and hard. You look forward past this season into next. It's not going to live up to it. And that's okay. Yeah. Because they're, they've crossed the line. Now they're, they're letting their foot off the gas. Yeah. So if next season we don't see a combined effort, like I mentioned, I would like to see, and these seasons continue to progress as they are, but the seasons haven't lived up to what this seasons are, it's okay. It's totally fine. It's understandable. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great place to end it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, we don't have to do news because that's what this entire episode was. Um, but yeah, so, it, you know, uh, cheap plugs uh, we can we can let you know and and ways that you can reach out to us and and hear us because we want we want your thoughts on what you feel about everything that came out of San Diego Comic-Con this year and we want your thoughts on crisis and what the future of the Arrowverse could be after this uh, so you know message us on Facebook uh, and, and let us know post on our Facebook page facebook.com slash DC primetime let us know your thoughts uh, but on top of that obviously you can find me uh, and this podcast as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network uh, Next Level Radio on no that's the old address god damn it uh, the next level network.com or facebook.com slash the next level network. Yeah. And as for me, um, like I said, you can always find me at the caffeine crew cast of pods. Oh crap. Recommendations. <laughs> well, I was going to do them after the, I was just kind of going with the flow of, you know, oh, yeah. leaving us messages. So I just did the cheap plugs first. It's fine. Oh, sure. Uh, but yeah, all right, then I'll give mine. <laughs> and as for me, you can again, you always find me at the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. Also on the Next Level Network, our next episode is on theme parks and interactive geek experiences, which will be recorded on July 29th. So it'll probably be out hopefully the day after. 
Uh, I'm going to try to get that uh, edited and over to Ben pretty much right away because I know we we're a couple weeks behind because, man, everybody's busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> summer summer tends to do that. Yes, yes. Uh, but like I said, we're excited to get that one out there. Um, it'll be a fun one. But yeah, like I said, um, but recommendations for me, I, I'm going to give a Marvel recommendation. Uh, okay. I am playing a very fun little game on the Nintendo Switch called Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Which man is such a great callback to things like I, games like I was wondering how that and, is and Legends too. It feels just like them. It, it feels absolutely just like them. Uh, plays I've been playing it in handheld mode so far for now. It's it, it plays great. It's fun. Very little slowdown, um, but uh, it kicks you off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's uh, super fun and goofy and silly, and it, it's uh, it starts with a bang, man. Like they do a great job, and it, it's it's just a great fun button mashy game. Where you can kind of put your brain on pause and just go, but it does a great job of celebrating Marvel heroes. And I, I it was thoroughly just a, uh, I, I did the Nintendo Online because uh, online system, and if you do that, you have access to some special deals occasionally. So they have a program right now where you can purchase vouchers, and it's a hundred dollars, uh, and basically gives you a vouchers for two games that are sixty dollars. So you save yourself twenty bucks. So this was my first voucher, so I basically got a ten bucks off digitally. And I uh, picked up Mario Maker, too, which I haven't got a chance to play yet. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to diving in, doing a little bit more with him, and just kind of going from there. But, yeah, pretty pretty fun and exciting and enjoying that. But also, just a reminder, watch Doom Patrol episodes 1 through 4, because we're going to talk about them again next week. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't already uh, <clears throat> if you haven't already uh, watched them, now's the time to do that. Uh, I'm actually going to go with I'm going to give two quick recommendations. I'm going to give a game recommendation similar to how you did. And I'm only doing it because of the fact that you just gave a game recommendation. So I figured I might as well. Uh, but before we do that, uh, because we're probably going to be talking about it next week as well, it is now out on digital uh, for purchase. Uh, watch Batman Hush because we're going to be talking about that next week as well. Um, but as far as a game recommendation, I'm going to I'm going to recommend a game that you actually recommended to me that I don't even know if you've played yet. Uh, and that is Void Bastards. I have played. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Because I'm I actually am, having fun with it. I am terrible at that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, it was it took me a good couple hours of constantly dying before and and being rehydrated as a new character before i finally got the hang of it and now the game actually gets to a point where you actually want to die because you need to go back to the beginning to start over but you've you've built up all these different updates and everything that it's a lot easier that once you die you can progress further again um so, but the game's a lot of fun. I know it's available on Xbox. I believe it's available on PlayStation as well. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. But I, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been playing it. It does get tend to get a little repetitive at times. Uh, but I'm going to keep going because I've progressed this far into it. There is a definitive ending to the game, and I'm I'm pushing to get there. Very at cool. This point. But it's been fun. Yeah. But uh, I think that wraps it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, and big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. You heard his tunes return to the show this week. Yes, uh, indeed. But yeah, if you get a second, though, too, uh, jump on YouTube. Make sure to check out those trailers for all the upcoming seasons. Uh, maybe try to find uh, some good recordings of a panel or two to watch. And They're uh, out there. Yeah, they're definitely out there. So uh, that way you can experience STCC at your home 
and away from a thousand billion fans uh, crowding <laughs> small hallways. But it's again, by the time you hear this, the show will be over anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I know we're going to be concentrating on Doom Patrol for the next three weeks, I believe. Yeah, uh, one through four, uh, uh, five through eight, and then nine through 12. And we're, I think, after that, we're going to start, I think, you know, we still have to talk about Swamp Thing. There's still some other things, Young Justice, we have to talk about. There's still some other stuff. We have plenty of time because the seasons don't return until October. But I think by the time we're done with Doom Patrol, we're going to have a system set up uh, for uh, the primary awards that we're going to be doing later on, probably towards the end of the summer, right before the seasons return. And I think a good system I've been coming up with is that... Uh, when it comes to each of our categories, because you and I have to get together and develop our categories, but I think uh, a fair system would be for each category, I'm going to nominate something, you're going to nominate something, and then we're going to leave it to the fans to fill in the rest of the nominations, and then we're going to put it to the vote of the of all the listeners and mm-hmm. the Facebook followers yeah. uh, to pick the winner. So I think that's a good way for me to have a hand in it, you to have a hand in it, and then the fans, obviously, to the listeners to have a hand in it as well. Yeah. So hopefully by the time we're done with Doom Patrol, we'll have some kind of system together and we'll start being, we'll start putting uh, announcements and postings out there about the primary awards, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. So, but that being said, thank you as always for being a part of the DC Primetime family. Thank you for listening, subscribing, commenting, posting, all that you do. Until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.